And you are where you are because you either have or have not engaged this process. And the goal, remember, is to have God as a constant presence in our mind, crowding out every other idea and image that is not of God. Welcome to episode 19 of the Walking Closer podcast. I'm your host, Adam Como. Our discussions have been primarily focused on the transformation of the mind. How do we change our minds? Now today, we're going to put it all together and wrap up by giving some specific examples of how to move forward. I want to remind you of just kind of where we've been as we've been focused on changing the mind. If we're going to be transformed by the renewing of the mind, Right? It means that our minds will no longer be set on the flesh, but set on the spirit, which is life and peace, Romans 8, 6. And what we need to realize is that our thoughts strongly influence our hearts. That's why we're focused on the mind. We have to start here, which is why Paul says, Philippians 4, 8, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. He doesn't just say, he says, listen, set your mind upon it and keep on dwelling upon it. Why? Here's the thing. The ultimate freedom we have is the power to select what we will allow our mind to dwell upon. That's why we're told, set your mind upon these things. Keep on dwelling upon these things. Why? Because they will help change your mind. This is how the mind works. We're governed by ideas and ways of thinking and interpreting reality. And we must recognize the ideas that govern a world away from God and the ideas that govern a world under God. And we must be reflective and introspective, discerning the ideas by which we ourselves are governed. And the ideas that govern a world away from God may actually govern us. And we, we must then work to replace those ideas with the idea system Jesus embodied and taught. That's why Paul said, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, and he gives an example. Now, that's a difficult thing, because there's a, mo- a battle for the mind, and, and you must engage this battle to win. This is what we do. We destroy arguments. That's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10.5. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Now, that itself... Think about that itself is a very powerful image of bringing into submission the corruptive ideas that occupy our minds. Now, just stop for a moment and think about that verse. We destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Take every thought captive to obey Christ. Now, allow, just think about that for a moment. Allow what it is saying to create an image in your mind of what that looks like. To take every thought captive to obey Christ. That image alone has the power to reinforce the ideas that we are talking about. That's what images do. They reinforce ideas and they are very powerful because they can be jam-packed with feelings. They reinforce both good and bad ideas. 
And what we need to do is replace the destructive ideas and images with the ideas and images that come from God. That is, if we're actually wanting to be transformed into the image of Jesus. Just think about what we're saying here. Think about the very words that we're using. How do we do this? Well, we have to actually engage the process, understanding that as we, as we do this, God is doing a work within us. And the process necessarily requires information, right? Good information. And we have to process, process that information. And the information and our processing of this information is directly connected to what we believe. It influences what we believe, and it changes our beliefs and reinforces our beliefs. It, it causes us to think about what we believe. The information and the lack of information or the incorrect information, it shapes what you believe. That's the ideas and images that occupy your mind. And what you believe absolutely determines how you act. You want to know what you believe? You want to know what you truly believe. Not just what you say you believe. Not just the right answers. What you truly believe. You want to know what you truly believe. Just look at your actions. Look at how you live your life. How you actually live your life will tell you what you actually believe. Now, we know how devastating the wrong information can be, but we also know how incredibly freeing and transforming the right information can be. Now, if we are going to renovate our minds from the false ideas and images that clutter our minds, it is imperative that we replace them with the ideas and images painted for us of Christ and of the things that he taught and that he embodied throughout Scripture and we do this by taking in the information given. We dwell upon it. We ponder its meaning. We explore its implications. We, we, we think about it. We focus on it. We, we, we stay with our minds fixed upon it. And that's how we, we begin to move forward. And you are where you are because you either have or have not engaged this process. And, and, and the goal... Remember, is to have God as a constant presence in our mind, crowding out every other idea and image that is not of God. This is what it begins to look like to have the mind of Christ. The question is, is this what you want? Is it what you want? Do you actually want the mind of Christ? Now, that being said, it's not just enough to say, that's what I want. I like the way Dallas says it here. He says, listen, have you decided to have God as a constant presence in your mind or not? Have you? And if so, there are things we can do and need to do. It, it, it's not enough to say, I would like for God to be a constant presence in my mind. You either decide to have it or not. And if you decide to have it, there are things that we need to do, that we need to do, things that we can do. First of all, there's some things we have to come to terms with here, okay? <laughs> there is no strict formula to follow. You can't just pick up a self-help book and follow instructions 1 through 10, and at the end of checking off your list, you have the mind of Christ. That's not how it works, okay? That's a problem for us because we want the answers. We want the easy solutions. We want the quick fixes. We want you to give us a formula that'll just make everything just right. We spend, here's the thing, 
lifetimes. We spend lifetimes becoming who we are. It's going to take some time to transform what has been formed. You did not become who you are overnight. But if you dedicate and focus your energies on transforming your mind, it will happen. So the first thing you have to focus on here, maybe the first thing you maybe need to ask yourself and answer. And don't overlook this. Don't just pass over this. This is so true. And it's, it's so serious. If you have decided that you want God as a constant presence in your mind, you want the mind of Christ, what are you filling your minds with? We, we, we covered this in the last podcast, and if you haven't listened to that, stop this one and go listen to that one. What you fill your mind with is of the utmost importance. See, we, we, we live in a society where so much is designed and built to put us in a state of crisis. It, it, if, you, if you watch the continuous news cycle, if you're swimming in that stream all day, you've got to come out of that. I used to be there, I understand. My mind was so filled with this information that it made my anxiety go through the roof. You begin to live in a state of fear. You begin to live in a state of crisis. Like you're thinking, you know, it's all over with. That's a good example right there of why it's so important to consider what you're filling your minds with. And I'm telling you, if that's where you're at, if you're watching Fox News all day long, CNN, whatever news cycle you, you prefer, my suggestion, step back. Get out of that stream. Because it is filling your mind and putting you in such a state that God is not going to be a constant presence in your, in your mind the way it needs to be, the way he needs to be. Jesus didn't walk around filled with anxiety and paranoid okay, about how the world was going to hell in a handbag. He came because of that, okay? So remember, it is of the utmost importance what you fill your mind with. What sorts of things are you reading? What sorts of things are you listening to, watching? How are you spending your downtime? What, what sorts of places are you going? See, the things that you see and the things you involve yourselves in, your social activities, they fill our minds with all sorts of things. These ideas and images, and they either reinforce the ones that are there, they can create new ones. The kinds of conversations we engage in, they as well, they can either help renovate the thoughts that occupy our minds, or they can feed what's already there, whether good or bad. So, what are you filling your minds with? Utmost important to answer that, so that you can replace the bad information, the broken information, the information that is not helpful to you at all, with stuff that will be, okay? You have to counteract that. you got to take out the bad, put in the good. That's what renovating the mind. And Paul says this over and over and over again. We've talked about this over and over again, right? Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing or the renovating of the mind, okay? Taking out the old taking out the junk and replacing it with good stuff. If you want to have the mind of Christ, if you want to move forward on this journey, if you want to know what you can do, <laughs> that's where you have to start. 
That's where you have to start. So just some, some, some specific things that we can do to move forward. Now, this isn't by any means, you know, a, a conclusive uh, list, okay, of things. But let me just give you some of the most obvious here. The most obvious place to start, in my opinion, would be Scripture. Be scripture, and I think it's extremely helpful. And, and, and again, <laughs> you might be listening to this. I know, I know, I know how the responses can be because because I was there. I'm going to tell you some things, and you know, you might think you might you might roll your eyes. <laughs> think, well, how many times have we heard this? This doesn't work, etc. But just just hear me out, okay? Just hear me out. Start with scripture. Make certain key portions of scripture fixture in your mind. I can tell you several that I have. First Peter chapter one verses three through five, and various scriptures are going to stick in your mind and connect with you because of exactly where you are. First Peter chapter one, verses three through five, have been just my go-to. Stay in my mind all the time. Where Peter says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ." who according to his abundant overflowing mercy has been born again, begotten us again to a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And it's to an inheritance that is incorruptible and it's undefiled and it doesn't fade away and it's reserved or guarded for you, protected for you. You who are shielded by the power of God through faith unto salvation. That, that, those passages remind me so much of what I am a part of and what God is doing, what he has done. And, and this, this amazing thing. In fact, Peter goes on to talk about how, listen, there are trials and life happens and, and, and you like the idea of having a Savior. You like the idea of being blessed. You like the idea of being saved and having this amazing inheritance and, and what's to come. He says, but though for a little while, now you, you, life happens and you're dealing with it, but they understand the trials that come your way, God uses those. He uses those to purify you, to transform you. It's like gold being tried by fire and your faith is being tested and purified. And then I love, I love the image that he gives of how the fact that we are a part of something that is so great that the prophets and, and the angels wanted to know more about the things that we are part of here and now. Absolutely love that picture. What are, Colossians three one through three? Those are another passages that just stay in my mind. Just listen. If you have been risen with Christ, seek those things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. We've 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 covered these before, right? We've talked about these before. Having your mind set upon Christ and where He is, keep your mind focused there. Another passage for me, which has always been James three one. It scares me. James says, "Be not many." teachers, knowing that you will receive a greater judgment. That passage stays in my mind, and it haunts me to be careful. It reminds me to be concerned about what I say and how I say it, because that's a reality for me. And that's that's a part of my process in helping Fill my mind with the images and ideas that come from God. And so the first place to start would be Scripture. And just to spend as much time with it as, as possible, making certain key portions of Scripture a fixture in your mind. Learning to reorient, though. It doesn't, it's not just about memorizing Scripture. 
Okay, we we gotta we limit ourselves so much. We gotta go beyond this. Learn to reorient your life around Scripture, the concepts in Scripture, the images in Scripture. Spending time ingesting it, talking about it, thinking about it. Now, what this looks like completely depends on you and your circumstances. It's not always in a quiet place with an open Bible and a highlighter. Okay, we have this image of what this should look like, but we don't engage it because it doesn't work for us, right? We, we and that's what I'm talking about when I said we limit ourselves and what this looks like, and we limit ourselves in this way. It, it does, it's not very appealing to many people to, to sit down in a corner with Bible and reading and highlight. That's not really appealing to people, uh, to, to a lot of people, and that's why they don't engage it. But that's not all it looks like, right? Listen to this. I spend lots of time with Scripture and in Scripture, but it's not at a desk or in my favorite chair with an open Bible. Sometimes it's just reading it, sure. Sometimes it's, it's when I'm reading something else and Scripture comes to my mind. Sometimes it's, it's while I'm watching a program, a video, maybe it's a movie, and, and yeah, okay, so, and it's about Scripture. It's, or it's about the concepts of Scripture, it's about the gospel, it's about Jesus, it's about faith, it's about Christianity, it's about God. But sometimes it's watching a movie that is not particularly about faith. And the ideas and the images surface in my mind. Sometimes my time is spent teaching and preaching, sure. Most of the time, it's just in general conversation with people throughout the day where Scripture is in my mind, the images and the ideas are floating around. And I'm not going around quoting the Bible. That's not the picture. That's not the picture. But generally speaking, in conversations that I have with people, those conversations and the words that I say and how those go, they're guided informed by the ideas and images that occupy my mind that come from Scripture. Uh, Oftentimes, I'm convicted after a conversation, right? After a response that was not governed by the ideas and images that come from God. And I'm convicted by it. my, My conscience gets to me in that moment, right? Because there's the ideas and images that come from God that conflict with the ideas and images that by which I have myself been formed by various means and factors. And oftentimes it is the case that my responses, the way that I talk or the things that I have done, well, they don't they don't coincide with that. They don't they don't line up with the heart of God. And and in that moment, scripture convicts me. And it wasn't that I sat there and started reading scripture and came across a verse. No, it was the ideas and images that I keep on my mind that have come from these processes. That, that, that's what that looks like. I mean, you might say, well, well that's, that's because you are you're a preacher. You're a pastor teacher. Well, here's the thing. Sure, there's some warrant to it, right? I, I, this is what I do. I'm not on the front lines, right? I am like behind the lines. I'm like the medic in the military, right? Um, here to help strengthen and encourage and provide, you know, the sustenance that people need in order to be out there on the front lines, as it were. I get it. I get it. But here's the thing. I also understand what it's like not to be in ministry. I haven't done, always done this. I, I've done other things for a living as a Christian. I, I know the challenges and the difficulties that most Christians are faced with as they go out every day into the workforce. I used to be a welder. I used to work in the oil field. And if you've been there, if you know people, it's not the most holy environment that you can be in. 
Okay, I, I can remember. You know, you're you're around people who aren't Christians, uh, who don't who don't act and speak. Their their lives aren't governed by the ideas and images that we're, that we're speaking of here. So if you find yourself in situations where you're surrounded by people who are ungodly or people who just aren't living up their faith, what do, you, what do you do? Let me tell you what I used to do. I used to carry around a New Testament in my back pocket, and every chance I had, I would pull it out and I would just read some things. And what it did was continue to reinforce and put those images and ideas in my mind of God. Um, as I walked throughout the day, if I ever had an opportunity to have a conversation with someone who wanted to talk about faith or God or these ideas, then I would engage that conversation. If, you, if you're in an environment where you have, you're working with people who are Christians, take advantage of that and actually have conversations with them. They would have strengthened your faith. It's going to encourage others and strengthen their faith as, as well. I remember going throughout the days, as, you know, I go throughout the days and being, being in these environments and I would just talk to God. This whole praying without ceasing, yeah, that would happen. I would just constantly talk to God throughout the day. It was like an open line. Okay, prayer in those moments didn't look like me going to a corner on my knees, my hands folded, eyes closed, and, and head bowed. Prayer was just a constant thing throughout the day where I was having these conversations with God, focused on trying to keep a mind on God because I was surrounded by influences that, that could, uh, that, that weren't good, that were un, ungodly, people who were governed by ideas that, were form, you know, that, that, living lives that aren't under God. And so I would have to be very intentional about making effort to keep my mind focused on God, on these ideas and images that needed that needed to be there. Okay? And uh, so it, 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 it can be done. I've been there. I understand it. This is not something just for preachers, for people who are in ministry. Okay? This is for everyone in everyday life. These things can be done. And remember, this is about reinforcing the ideas and images that come from God. And so don't underestimate the power of images, okay? Images aren't just about the printed uh, artwork on your walls, things like that. Images come through songs, through lyrics, through, 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 through poems, through uh, things that we read. Obviously, come through movies. They come through the, the digital screens, etc. The power of images, they are very powerful and there are powerful ways of keeping and redirecting our minds on Christ. And then there are powerful ways that will take our minds away from Christ. Okay. Uh, you, you, here, here's the thing. Don't underestimate the power of images. Consider two things. Number one. If you think that this is nonsense and ridiculous. And images don't have that much power over us. Why are companies willing to pay millions of dollars for 30 seconds to show us something? They do this because they know what we repeatedly see and hear affects what we do. Otherwise, <laughs> they wouldn't have the money in the first place to pay for the producing of such commercials. Number two, don't underestimate the power of images. If you're addicted to pornography, you know this. When you look at that porn and you walk away from it, those images stay in your mind. You can be in a conversation with someone that is completely, you know, unrelated. You could be sitting in church, and the images that you've seen come up into your mind. Don't underestimate the power of images. And finally, as I wrap this up, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this in the next podcast, but I want to touch on it here because it's something that we need to do. Seek out other people. Spiritual formation is not going to solely be a private thing. You and Jesus ain't got your own thing going. That actually comes from our culture and our society because we live in such a such a culture that uh, that's been uh, formed by a, a culture of individualism. 
Listen, you cannot separate your relationship with God from your relationship with other people. You need to walk alongside others who are going to engage this process. And if you don't have someone, pray that God will lead you to someone. And if you have engaged this process and commit to others, do it. I, I'm actually an introvert. I handle myself well out in public. I like to be around people, but I have my limits. But I also understand and have reaped the benefits of what it's like to walk alongside others, seeking out others. Some of the best times that I have in spending time in Scripture and reinforcing the ideas and images inside my mind or in conversations with friends on their lunch hour. We just meet up together for lunch. We're just doing our best to do life together. And those conversations that we have are challenging and they're thought-provoking and they're based on the concepts, the ideas and images and the thoughts that we have from Scripture, from faith, from our relationship with God, relationship with one another. I need those. I want to be mentored by others and I want to mentor others. But just having specific, just having conversations with others, walking alongside people who are on this journey, whether they're in the same place as you are or not, extremely benefit. I reap the benefits from this. And I'm telling you, you cannot do this alone. This is not an individual thing. Seek out others. Next podcast, we're going to spend more time going a little deeper into this. And, and, and ask the question, you and Jesus got your own thing going? Well, maybe after the next podcast, you might think about that just just a little bit different. But that's next time. Walking Closer Podcast. Thanks for joining me on this episode. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and share and connect with me on the Walking Closer Facebook page. Drop me a message or any questions that you may have. Make sure to join us next time as we explore becoming like Jesus from the inside out.